0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Christian Hunters of America. We apologize for the delay in episodes recently. As many of you know, we were out in August deer hunting and bear hunting, and many of us were either having a tag or helping others with a tag in September. So we want to apologize to everyone for not having recent episodes out, but this one is going to be one for the ages, Uh, first responders, vets, and Other uh, individuals in law enforcement will know who this is, Um, many of you may not, but have probably heard different catchphrases or different um, motivational speeches that other guys have quoted or you've heard him personally. We are going to have Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, West Point graduate, um, Army veteran, and he's been retired for quite a few years now and goes and gives lots of motivational speeches and talks to veterans, um, law enforcement across this nation. But he recently came out with a book on hunting, and it, it talks about our God-given right uh, to be a good steward, to have dominion over these animals. And he goes really in-depth on how we have the ability to educate and open the minds of non-hunters and get more people involved so that everybody can have a vested interest and be able to back up our arguments on why hunting is conservation and why we have such an important role to continue to educate and to take youth or to take other people out that are new to hunting and bring them and show them God's creation. We want them to be able to uh, enjoy what we enjoy and we want them to be able to understand that why hunting is such a, a big portion of conservation and these animals and the flora and fauna in this great state and every other state wouldn't be here and wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be as abundant as it is if it wasn't for hunters. We are some of the biggest conservationists. We've said this numerous times, but Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman is going to be speaking about his book on hunting and all the benefits uh, that go along with it spiritually and mentally and physically. We really hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to speak with brothers, uh, brother hunters, brothers in the Lord, and uh, brother sheepdogs, Uh, please uh, bless our endeavors, bless these words, and bless the listeners, and and, and give us the opportunity to really get the word out, uh, Lord, uh, not just about this book, and not just about hunting, but all of those as tools to more fully and richly uh, worship you, and to know you, and to make you known. And to make hunting uh, this 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 resource that, that your Holy Spirit will work through, and let this podcast and these two uh, the two you know, hosts, uh, uh, not just me but but everybody that's ever on it, be uh, be in your will and 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 guided by you to to prosper your kingdom and your people and 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 your will here on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray these things in love and in thanks and in Jesus' holy name.
0: Amen. 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 Love it. thank you. Right. We never started a podcast. We always, like I said, we always ended in prayer. That yeah. that was awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: I love it. Wow. Oh, praise God. Well, maybe you know this. We should we should just uh, you know we should sandwich everything in prayer.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Christian Hunters of America podcast. We have one of the most interesting men in the world that has so many stories to share, um, so many tangible and interesting facts that people can grasp onto, whether you are in the military, whether you're former military, whether you're a veteran, whether you're law enforcement, or whether you are a civilian, I know that this man will reach you and touch you. Um... Spiritually and mentally, I saw him in person several, well, quite a few years ago, and he left a lasting impression on me. Um, I have three of his multiple books, and uh, I'm sure you've heard some of his words, I'm sure you've heard quotes in your life, and you may not know where they came from, but we have that gentleman of all gentlemen in this world that we can call upon as a resource um, but prior to introducing him, we have Mikey in studio as always. How are you, brother? We are good. We are super excited to meet and talk
2: with uh, Mr. Grossman. It's a good day.
0: Without further ado, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. How are you, sir?
1: Hello, Chet, and hello, Mikey. I hope I'm worthy of that that build up there. <laughs> uh, you know more <laughs> than worthy. You know a lot of people do know my books uh, uh, on killing and on 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 combat. And then a Christian Book Award finalist was on spiritual combat, and to kind of give your listeners a background, you know, uh, 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 on honey's been translated eight or on killing has been translated eight languages, and on combat has been translated into five languages, and now they've both been translated into Ukrainian. Wow. And they fast forwarded through for Ukraine and the U S embassy bought a thousand copies of on combat in the Ukrainian language to distribute to the Ukrainian troops. They said, this is something you need. But I, I, have always had it in my mind that I wanted to do, you know, obviously we got on spiritual combat and on spiritual warfare is coming out January 1st, uh, which will be a sequel of that, a Christian book award finalist. But I've always thought that you just can't understand mankind you can't understand god's plan for us without understanding three things uh, killing my book on killing combat and hunting and and they're like three corners of a triangle and they they all interact you can't understand uh, humanity without understand hunting it's 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 what we were made to do it was it was burned into our genes and it's the answer for our needs across the planet and, and praise God that the um, the publisher who ended up picking up this book on hunting uh is a christian publisher and uh, and we really were able to give it you know we we, 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 we didn't you know we didn't push a, a, a evolutionary or creationist perspective we just pushed a straight up hunting perspective on it uh way back who we are what we do and where we're wired and uh, and, and you know we started talking about it before I you know our prayer life as Christians is should be such a vital part of what we do. I I try to roll out of bed every morning and remember to pray, dear Lord, let me do a good job today, and be a blessing to all I me. And we we wrap up every day. Uh, I talk in my book on spiritual combat. You know, God's word says that we're we're two or three gathered on my name, there am I in their midst. So your prayers have extra mojo when when you got a prayer buddy, and my wife is my prayer buddy. And every, you know, we've been married 48 years now, and she's my high school sweetheart. We, I tell Congratulations! She, yeah, she was she was 15, I was 17 when I proposed to her. We, we are from Arkansas. You know, two <laughs> years later, <laughs> two, two years later, she married a crazy army paratrooper, and this right with me for 48 years. 24 years in the army, and now uh, all these years doing this. But uh, every night, my prayer buddy and I, my wife and I, whether I'm away, which is a lot, I get on the phone and we kiss each other good night and we pray for each other and we hold it up in prayer. And, and um, but I, I think one of the most spiritual times that any of us can have is sitting in the deer stand or, or stalking deer uh, it, 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 or stalking game, you know, behind a good dog or flushing up, kicking up quail. When I was a kid, you know, we just went out and kicked up quail and, 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 and shot him at just me. And, 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 you know, we didn't have a dog. you know. And, I remember we'd go duck hunting and, and I was my dad's retriever. You know, and he, he and I'd go out in the water and swim out, get that, that duck or that goose and bring it back again. And then, Dad, we got to get a retriever. This is just getting old, you know. But, uh, old and cold. Yeah, but, but, you know, prayer uh, is, is communication with God. And half of communication is listening. And, you know, that's the part that we're not very good at these days. But I think when we sit up in the deer stand or or when we're sitting the duck blind, or wherever it is that we're at, whether we that magical thing about being behind a good dog uh, as, you're, as you, as you focus on what's happening, but you walk behind that dog for hours on end, wait for him to flush up that bird. All of those are times when we can combine our prayer with our listening and this deep and profound aspects of a, of when we're hunting. Do you, do you find that in your own lives?
2: Yes, and I would say that exactly what you're talking about is we live in a microwave world that everything is at an incredible speed and we're always behind and we're always rushing from point A to point B that when we settle down and go hunting and get behind the point, you know, the dog or we're hunting, we're in a stand, yeah. it yeah. creates the the crockpot. Like my grandma used to say, you know what, if you want a good meal, you're going to pot, and it's going to take a long time and you got to enjoy oh, yeah. the process and and think about the ingredients, not just throw it in the microwave and hit one minute and then your food pops out. So that's, I think that's so good. I think part of it is the is the mindset that we're slowing down, we're focusing, and we're just relaxing and we're just allowing God's presence to to minister yes. to us and allow all of the worries of today and, and the rush and the rush and the and all the social media and everything else just to yes. just be in the presence of God and and, oh, and I think God created yes. us that way. I really do. But yes. we've we've gone such an, an extreme you know far left of craziness of life that yeah. we forgot to just slow down and enjoy that you know that moment in
1: time i think I, I think most of us have had most hunters have had if you haven't go out and get it time when you're sitting in a deer stand for example and the squirrels start moving around and forget you're even there the birds land right there yep. you're just sitting there still and thinking and uh, you know my um, my granddaughter and I I, I. I held my granddaughter's ears when she shot her first deer. We kind of we we're on the deer stand. Kind of caught us by surprise. And uh, she didn't have hearing protection on, so I, I had her take the shot and hand over ears. And she was high school senior, and uh, we turned that whole deer into beef jerky and sent her off to our deer, venison jerky and sent her off to college with a big <laughs> pile of <turkey> and <laughs> venison jerky. And, yep. and two little two little spike. It was just a little spike deer, but she was so so pleased by it. Yep. But that, that magic moment when you're truly in tune with God. And what, what my granddaughter and I did when I was do is I'm, I'm, I, I'll read a book and I'll read and turn a page and look, and read and turn a page and look. But then there's a time when I just tune out of the book and, I, and the squirrel over there and that, that bird over there. And suddenly you just take a breath and you're in tune with God. And you're truly, truly in tune with his majesty and his oneness and, and the world that he's created for us. And it's a, it's a magical time. And on hunting talks about that, how it's what we're wired to do. But one other thing I think we need to realize, and, and there's a word lately that hunting has increased, the pandemic, uh, self-sufficiency, uh, hunting has increased. Uh, you know, the, the data goes back and forth, and, and we'd sure like to believe that because it is so good for our wellness. and But you know what? I, I teach military and law enforcement and first responders. And and I tell them, if, if, if the first time you've ever seen what's inside of a living creature is some terrible crime scene or some horrible accident scene, we've set you up for failure. You know, uh, uh, my little grandson, he's in the army now, but he was seven years old and he went to deer camp with us the first time and he was away from school for a week he came home grubby and dirty and his mom said what'd you like the best he said gutting the deer for a seven-year-old boy what's inside a living creature is fascinating and that's the way it should be it's not repulsive and see this is the liver and the kidneys that's the heart and the lungs and we all got that inside of us and everybody pretty much looks the same and smells the same inside and that's that's the way god made us you know and and, uh, and this is food for the table. All the meat you eat, you know, whatever you, meat you've ever had was a critter like this at one time. But now we're in tune with it and we know it. And we took the back strap off, we slapped it on the grill, and and right away that, that, that critter meant food in your stomach. It meant a good thing. And it was a positive association. And that's really the way it should be. In our life, we're gonna face death, we're gonna face tragedy where we might see, you know, we might see terrible crime scenes. We might see accident scenes. And uh, statistically, we probably will see it. And if you haven't been in tune with that and the cycle of life, you know, to, to look at that that, that deer and, and put your hand upon them and to thank them for what they've done for you. And to know deep in your soul that one day you too will be an inanimate object, but we will be with God and we will be at peace with God when we do that. Are, are you at peace with? With the fact that you know, one day we too will be will be there where that deer is. We're truly in tune with that, and that's a major step for being in tune with God and salvation that's provided through Jesus. You know that, it all kind of comes together with a, with that hunting perspective for me. Does that does that make sense? Absolutely,
0: for yeah. sure, hundred yeah. percent. I mean yeah. you you are preaching to the
1: choir, sir. Amen. 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 Hey, well, you know uh, one of the things in the book. That I think is really important. We're eager to see what you're seeing and chime in. But when we talk about ecology and preserving species and uh, and you know the the and, and saving the planet, the truth is that hunters have done and will do more than all of the all of the protesters on the planet put together. You know, when when a million hunters hit the woods. Every one of them bought a hunting license and every one of them bought a deer stamp or whatever it is you had to buy it. Every one of them pumped an awful lot of money into the economy and, and buying the equipment and, and all of the things that goes with that whole hunting economy. And that's money. And especially that money, you know, ducks unlimited have, have got just fast acreages that have been preserved because of the wildlife and wetlands that are preserved and the, and the, the most powerful force for preserving nature and preserving the wildness the wilderness in ourselves and in our nature uh is 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 the is the, the hunter how, how much money has that protester put into you know into the department of national resources or you know the fishing game you know how much money have they put into it very little and and, and it's such a group of wellness uh, that we're out there but one of the part important parts of the book i think your listeners might find really interesting uh, we talk about game hunting, trophy hunting. Yep. And in Kenya, trophy hunting has been banned. Uh, the evil guy coming out to whack that lion. and They've been banned. And they are being slaughtered. The poachers are slaughtering them. The they call it bush. You know, it's kind of like Robin Hood going out there and shooting a deer to feed his family. You know, yeah. what they call bush hunting, and and the bush hunter goes out and kills whatever he can, brings it back as food for the family, and and there, there's no control over it. They're being slaughtered. Their ecology is being devastated. Well, the alternative is Namibia, and in Namibia, they've taken every village and kind of drawn a circle around it, and said everything in this circle belongs to you. And so that crazy American, and this is so important to understand that crazy American who will pay like a hundred thousand dollars to shoot that lion who is at the end of his life cycle. Anyway, you know, when we're trophy hunting, we're getting that one that's at the end of the life cycle anyway.
0: Absolutely. And oh, by the
1: way, oh, by the way, death by old age and nature is a slow, slow, Hideous, horrible death. If you die of old age in nature, if there's not some predator there to give you a reasonably quick death, it takes days to die. I mean, you just lay there and die, and the insects eat you and they're alive, and and the and the rodents eat you alive until you gasp your last. There, there, there is no quick, peaceful death. And even even when the predator takes a life in the wild, they very often will munch, you know, on the on the on the on their gut while the other part is still alive and screaming in pain. You know, you see the lions and the critters doing that. There's a, we quote a scene in the book where there's, you know, this little photo safari and they watch this, the lions kill this creature and they're eating this creature while it's still alive and it's screaming in pain. And they're, oh my God, put that thing out of its, you know, here's these anti-hunting, tro- you know, photo safari. and Oh my God, put that thing out of its misery, you know. So, so the hunter takes things at the end of the life cycle uh, it gives them a quick ethical death and all of that money and all of that meat. And, you know, the, all, what does a hunter take home from Africa or wherever it is that they do their trophy hunting? So this Namibia model has been embraced. And, and, and that one guy that's says, oh, shoot, that one lion will pay for all the, the, the game wardens you could ever need and, and everybody in the village is devoted to protecting their wildlife because it's it's money for them and it's food for them and it's 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 their it's their economy and their ecology. So we gotta we gotta look up and say we God has given us dominion over the animals. I sign on hunting every book I sign with Genesis nine three. Every living creature that moves on the earth shall be food for you. God's given us to Mindy and he said, it's all cowboys, but you got to go get it. <laughs> right. yep, yep. It's all food boys, but you got to go get it. <laughs> exactly. And and so understanding our role in the future. And when we talk about the green revolution, hunters are at the lead of that. And they've done more in America uh, now that the, 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 the big game hunters, and it's always been a dream of mine to go over there and, 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 and do that. It, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but, uh, uh, those who do and those who spend that money, we should honor them. Absolutely. We should honor the contribution yeah. that they have made to that whole ecology. And and again, it's so important that all that we are taking, we, we want the deer with the biggest rat. Well, that's the one at the end of the life cycle. And we give it that quick ethical death. And, 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 and it's an ethical and powerful and very, very beautiful part of the of the, the of the life cycle and the wellness of our civilization lies in the hunters and that's why this book is so important when you want to be able to articulate to others why what we do is good for our wellness why we need to be outside why it's it's who are, it's what we do you know there there are all kinds of studies that show that that uh uh you can predict how successful a school is by the number of trees around it. We need trees for wellness. They factor out, they factor out socioeconomic status and everything else. We need trees around us. We need woods. And that's just a distant, faint uh, uh, fulfillment of this deep need that we have within us. That just having trees around you is the tiniest hint of what it is we actually need. And we get when we're out in nature and immersed in that, in that, that in God's realm. And then we're we're the true answer for the for to save the, the planet and the ecology and and to preserve the, the, the biodiversity and to pay for the game wardens in distant lands and if 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 they turn hunters loose and give us the opportunity to do what we do around the planet to preserve wildlife and to sink money back into the the economy uh, that that's that positive model and this book is all designed. To give you that information to to let people on for us first to to articulate it and to let others know and you know if you if you hunt you know buy the book on hunting by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman and two other amazing co-authors uh, if if you don't hunt and want to know more about it get the book if you want to let your your spouse or your 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 relatives know about hunting uh, buy the book on hunting and get them a copy of it and, and help them understand well we're fighting. For our way of life against the anti-hunters and the you know, the, the the people who have no idea, all they know is Walt Disney, you know. They don't understand what death by mm-hmm. old age means in nature. You know, they it is it's all, you know, Walt Disney and then one day you keel over and you have a nice peaceful death. That's not how it works. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Mother nature is a cruel mystery, <laughs> you know, and, and you human beings are give the the quick and ethical death at the end of the life cycle and that money goes back into there and our protein is Come straight. Our protein is not hidden. It doesn't come on a sterile package in the store. Our protein is something we went out and personally killed, and there's there's ethical value in that, uh, you know. And, and we talk about even if you're a vegetarian, you know, we have to exterminate billions of rats and mice around the grain elevators every year, or they would get in the grain elevators and reproduce exponentially, and we would all starve. Uh, your body right now is killing millions of microorganisms. When we stop killing, we die. And, and so this book is all about getting in tune with that. And it's kind of the capstone for my books on killing and on combat. You know that the hunting groups were the first combat groups, and vice versa. And so it's it's all part of that that dynamic of understanding and and helping people know about the book on hunting and and I'm sorry, I just get so excited about it.
0: No, you're. Uh, and, you're... And, and
1: it, 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 uh, any reflections you guys might have, any thoughts, I, I would deeply value.
2: Yeah, so you kind of hit on one thing, and that's the one thing that set me was on page 304. So basically the statement was, with hunting, wild animals have value. Hunters value the wild animals. Without hunting, wild animals become pests, and pests will be killed until they're eradicated. So wow. you just kind of talked about that, and that really stood out to me, because think about... All of the pests that we see of animals, like we have California that banned lions sure. and I was bear hunting and, that and all of those up. things. And so that statement yeah. was so true. Think about all of the pests that people can't stand because you can't hunt them. And now they're looked as, as an, an animal that is basically a non-want for everybody. So, yeah. so, so talk about that statement because so I think it's such a powerful statement. And I think the general public... You know, just looks at these different pests of animals, and they have no idea what they're even talking about, and why. Yeah, how we got yeah. here.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I um, I was, you know, I, mean, I do a lot of law enforcement training, and and it was over a decade ago. I Was driving with a Pennsylvania State Trooper to a training uh, presentation from the airport, and uh, and we were on a strip of uh, of interstate going through Pennsylvania, and we were never out of sight of roadkill, deer. <laughs> and he said, he said, I want you to look, he said, look at this. He said, we are never out of sight of roadkill. And every one of the roadkill deer beside the road, He says half of them wander off and die. And, and, and half of them go into the ditch and die. And you're not seeing them. He says, every single one of those roadkill deers is some Volvo or some, somebody's, you know, car that has been, that has been damaged by that deer. Right. And all of a sudden, he says, in the state of Pennsylvania, he says, you know, we, we, we put such a, you know, the, the, the left has put such a, 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 you know, all the evil hunters are going out there and whacking the game. And all of a sudden, they're saying, whoa, you know, <laughs> we really would like you to go out there. And, you know, when he comes and eats your, you know, your your, your prize flowers in your front yard, all of a sudden, he's a pest. And when he, when he uh, you know, takes out your car and, mm-hmm. and you've got a, you know, couple thousand dollar repair bill. Uh, all of a sudden, he's a pest. And, and the reality is that the hunters are part of that life cycle, always have been from the very beginning. We're part of the cycle of life. We're, we're, we're part of the, the, the food chain. And, uh, and the alternative is that they become pests and, and you exterminate pests. Well, the hunter truly values their life. I mean, truly values with their money and with their time and, and with their, their soul. And I, I, I so love what you're doing is, you know, your podcast as Christian Hunters of America. That just has, has so much power. And, and we ought to be a driving force as Christians in the hunting movement uh, as, as, as an answer to so many things that are going wrong. And, and we should take friends from church and we should take kids from church and take them hunting and introduce them to this way of life and to the spiritual dynamics as we sit in the duck blind or the deer stand for hours and uh, and we get attuned with the nature around us and we relax and we slow down you know, and uh you know so that's that's what we can do as christians to to help that wellness that take god's creature and they're not pests they're 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 meant to be part of of the cycle and so are we and when we go and harvest our own protein there's great there's great wellness that comes from that.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with both of what you guys were saying. My yeah. my mind was going straight to California. We have friends that live there. I was I was born there and came out here when I was little little kid, but I think of all my family in Southern California and going on hikes and, you know, having warnings or having, you know, pamphlets or anything like that at trailheads warning you about mountain lions as an example. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the fact that we took those away or the state of California took that away and they fail to realize that now you, instead of having hunters and having the biologist and having a scientific study and knowing what that state or what that portion of land can sustain healthy. And then, you know, through Pittman-Robertson Act and through game and fish and through those license sales and everything exactly what you talked about the the weapons the ammo your gear your license the stamps all of that is going to fund those types of research and you're paying for that now you have you know fido or your cat getting eaten by these lions because now you're having to pay instead of having hunters or like-minded individuals go out and pay the state in order to go out and hunt. Now you're paying the state is using your tax dollars to go out there and, you know, cull an animal, which isn't being taken. It's not being eaten. It's just being killed because they're overpopulated. They're coming in closer to your homes. And the people that are complaining that hunting is brutal and cruel and we're barbaric, are the same ones that are walking their little chihuahua poodle down the street. And it gets yanked right out from underneath their arms while they're on, uh, you know, some little foo-foo dog with jewelry, <laughs> a jewelry necklace. And I'm stereotyping that, but no, you're, you don't. you're paying for someone to come in there and harvest it versus getting paid by hunters. No. You're spending yes. more money yes, and then no one, nothing in return is, is being taken. You're killing these animals and nothing is happening. There's, It is so backwards and people don't realize that the the conservation aspect, we don't want to wipe out all the animals in the world. We love them and we want them here for generations to come. And we want our, our grandkids and our great grandkids and their great grandkids to have the opportunity Uh to, if they are hunters to go out and successfully harvest them. And we want our, science-based information from the people that are on the ground from the hunters that give the information to game and fish biologists and wardens and make sound decisions and correct decisions that are based on how much that that corner of the state or that county or however they extrapolate that data how it can sustain that and You can have so much prey and you can have so much predators and there is a healthy balance and God gave us dominion, as you said, and we are at the top of that food chain and we can help that. Um, And we get something each time from those animals. When we harvest it, there's nothing healthier than organic game meat. You don't have to worry about what it was eating. You don't have to worry about if it was grass fed and grass finished and pay all this extra money because, it says organic on the plastic packaging it doesn't get more organic
1: and now we're finding out that we're getting all kinds of we we're, we're getting micro plastic micro particles yes from the wrapping <laughs> yes why not on the plastic is killing us these plastic micro capsules that are yes that the micro we're getting uh, uh, new and, types of cancer
0: the, are coming because yes, of that stuff
1: yes whereas our food is pure and it came straight from there and and we we valued it and we and that's a great. We and and what you the next step beyond value, is love. They're truly interwoven, and, and to truly love that critter and to truly love God's wilderness, and to be part of it. But you know, there's an angle to this as well. Uh, you know, God God didn't he gave us dominion, but we had to fight for it. You know, uh, uh, in the in the early 1900s, we talked about it early in the book, uh, in the the British in India. And according to the british records thousands and thousands of people were killed by tigers and those are just the ones that they knew about every year thousands of people were killed by tigers as of just a century ago uh, you know we were in the middle of the food chain yes and and, and it's no fun to be prey you know we've, we have a choice to be predator or prey and so much of our civilization have become themselves prey they're the the running rabbit. They're the sheep, you know. Instead of being the sheepdog. Amen. And, and so, and so, this dynamic of of reaching out and and becoming the predator is so healthy. God gave us dominion, but it doesn't just happen, and and it took a long time to get there, and and we still, you know. Of course, God bless them. We just saw a family. Uh, husband and wife killed by, by, by bear in Canada just recently here. And and it still happens, you know, and they were given this bear spray and one report said they had an empty can of bear spray. And, uh, you know, so as hunters, we would say, well, you know, we'd like to have a plan B and and plan B might be to have have a weapon with us sufficient to be able to stop a bear. Uh, And, and those two would still be alive. So this is, this is such an important part of, of the message that we've got to get out, that, that number one, that Christian hunters are, are, are have a message to get out, have a role to play. And number two, it, 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 there is a godly, virtuous aspect to it. And number three, it is also part of the process of, of bringing this next generation to love the church and to love God and to take, if you're a hunter, or if you have time, take some of the young men and the young boys and young girls in your church and take them hunting with you. Let that be your ministry. And, 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 and you will find that, you know, I, I believe that we should, we, we should live the sermon far more effectively than we preach the sermon. So get out there and 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 live it. And the idea of Christians, you know, I. I wrote him a book on spiritual combat. Uh, what is our mission in life? What is our purpose? And God, Jesus tells us to, to love the Lord, your God with all your heart and to love others as yourself, to love God and love people. That's our mission. And if we truly love God, we'll obey him. And if we truly love people, it's the great commission to bring them to, to the knowledge of salvation. And then the next step in our mission is how we do that. And taking that a young neighbor hunting with you and making them a part of your life. We've got, uh, we grew up with my boys. I had three boys and they all had friends that we took with us canoeing and hunting and, and we them part of who we were. And it's some of the best, you know, like you said, you know, a lot of us, we're not very good at talking about, about faith things, but, but we can live the sermon and we can bring them with us and let them live the sermon in the wilderness and see our oneness with God and see his, you know, start a day in prayer and end our day in prayer, and uh, and and let it be part of a great. Uh, uh, well, it's funny you say movement. that because
0: Matt, uh, Mike's favorite passage, that he, one you can you know, like exactly what you're saying. Words are so much, but actions are, you know, show a whole lot more. Yeah. And one of his yes. favorite passages is Matthew five sixteen. And let your light shine before others so that you may glorify God. Yes. And I can tell you or Mike can tell you to go to church and to sing praise and read the Bible. But if you you would see so much more and you would probably take so much more rather than just him explaining it or anyone explaining yes. it, why don't you just watch his actions? And Mike's oh, yes. got the biggest heart and is one of the big mentors towards a lot of the youth that we do take out in CHA. And that's a a quote that's always stuck with me because it's, it's one of Mike's favorite verses. And why not just, you know, watch what we do. He doesn't even say that kind of stuff. It's just us outside looking in and you're like, there's
1: Mike living it up again. showing." And hunters, right. You know, hunters, you really have a bright and beautiful and good light to shine. Hunting is good. It is a powerful and beautiful and godly activity, and you hunters, you have a light to shine, you know. And 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 we live the sermon rather than preach it, and we we have a light to shine, a pure and beautiful and good light through hunting, and uh, and we, we bless all of those that go out there and take it a step further, and and uh, and and articulate it to others and, and, and make it part of who we are and what we do. Praise God.
0: Mike is way too humble, but I like bragging about him because he's, he's been with CHA from the get go. And uh, he's been my, my uh, spiritual and hunting mentor off and on over the years. And he uh, he and I compliment each other from uh, different things on uh, he didn't have a perspective on this, and I did, and I helped him on that. And he's helped me far more than I've probably helped him. But the you know, amount of, of kids that he's helped over the years, and um, and even, even adults, even adults, someone that is finding we're all on our different journeys, we're all on different paths, and if it took you 20, 30, 40 years to finally find Jesus and find salvation and open your heart and mind, then – you know, we were successful in praise God in, in at least
1: introducing that. And And, and you know, one of the the verse for that to me is iron sharpens iron. Yes. And that's what you're doing is, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man uplift another. And that's what you're doing. You know, you're, you're, you're truly it's iron sharpens iron. You don't, when we when we hunt, we're never alone. You know, we, we we've got somebody with us, and it's a it's a team endeavor. And and then we spend that time, you know, at deer camp or you know together. And or, yes, you know, and that's iron sharpens iron, and that's what you're talking about there. And it's a godly, beautiful, and 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 powerful thing.
0: We've been fortunate to pair up with other organizations, and I just came back yesterday from um, helping on a youth hunt, and that I allow, uh, my son, my oldest son, who's a, 11 got to partake in and he, you know, it was an unbelievable, memorable experience that I'll never forget. And hopefully he never forget that he took his first deer on opening morning on opening day. Ah. And and then we got to help the other three kids in camp and all four tagged out. And it was another Christian organization into the wild outdoors in Southern Arizona that we've partnered with and become good friends with over the years. And, you know, we're based out of Phoenix, but we have, members and and uh and whatnot throughout throughout the US and
1: Praise God, what a ministry. What an amazing, virtuous, godly, powerful ministry. That's, That's
0: so cool. You know, God put it on our yep. hearts that you know, yeah. put it on John's hearts that is in charge of into the wild. He prayed on it and, you know, we're all volunteers. It's just a nonprofit that our ministry is to wow. open hearts and minds to Jesus, but it's through the outdoors because we all, we all have our different things that we're addicted to and we're all addicted to hunting and anything outdoors. And if it can Ah. spark that conversation and get you one step into the church or at least start talking about it, that's what it's all about. And then you start opening their minds.
1: We're going to, you know, I'll be mentioning this on, on, uh, on my social media, which is pretty extensive and uh, uh, we'll be pointing people towards you guys and, and the ministry, and certainly we've talked about it. Uh, my website is GrossmanOnTruth.com. You can order books, or you can just go to Amazon and order the book. But, it, you know, we'll personalize it. And, you know, when Christmas is rolling up, you know, uh, we can—what a, what a great gift, you know, a personalized book to somebody by, you know, signed by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, you know, GrossmanOnTruth.com. But, you know, I'm personally interested, I want to do a little more research on your website and people who want to kind of, who have not, you know, this might be the first podcast that they've heard. And I want to take it the next step. Uh, what, what is your, your, uh, your website and where would you direct our listeners to come?
0: We have, um, uh, well, we've had the website up and running for several years, quite a few years, but we just had a company here. And lo and behold, um, it's perfect that you mentioned that. We had a construction company, Wilming Construction, that is a huge, huge supporter of us. And um, uh, James, a part of Wilming, is just the biggest heart and biggest giver and really, really uh, paid for us to redo our whole website. And through his generosity, we got a brand new website that rolled out uh, September just last month, and they redid it. With a, a company here locally, christianhuntersofamerica.org. dot um, org. I run the all of, some of the social media. Mike runs uh, the other half of the social media. We've kind of gotten a little bit of the YouTube videos here and there, but we just, with us being a volunteer organization, we would between our jobs and whatnot. But between Facebook and our website, our podcast, and Instagram, Instagram and Facebook are the two biggest ways the or the the easiest ways to get a, in touch with us. But John. with christianhuntersofamerica.org, dot org. All of the links, um, all of podcasts, all the social media, upcoming seminars. We have multiple seminars that are, everything's free. Um, elk Did hunt- that's,
1: that's, I, I didn't know you guys are doing all that. That is just so cool.
0: Yeah. Um, we have a turkey hunting seminar every year. We have a javelina uh, hunting seminar, a deer hunting, a predator hunting, and an elk hunting seminar every year. And the July... Summertime one is the big one is elk and we've had anywhere from three or 400 people show up cause they're all in person, but we've been filming them so that they are on our YouTube channel and you can go back and reflect, or you want to listen to yeah. a guest speaker talk about a certain tactic or a certain calling technique or a certain uh, unit in Arizona specifically that has the biggest bulls or the biggest bucks. Um And just bringing those kids in there, and all of it is always free, and then we get grants and donations from Game & Fish or from other organizations, and we usually do two to three mentored hunts throughout the year that we bring kids, uh, first-time hunters, wounded vets, that we get tags donated to them and get them outside because we could have a whole other podcast on that. We have lots of veterans that are a part of CHA, and we all have lots of friends that are either, uh, retired or, um, even if they did, you know, three or four years, they did, they did their service. Some of them got hurt and, you know, it is a conflict of going through their mind and trying to, um,
1: you know, one of the things I, if if I can tag in from my perspective, I, I teach on PTSD. I, I train all of our armed forces. I teach cops in all 50 States. I've thought, what they call psychiatric grand rounds. When docs do in-service, call it grand rounds. I've done it quite a few times. I, I did Department of Defense-wide psychiatric grand rounds on uh, on PTSD, caught on camera, pumped out 100 locations worldwide. And I tell you without a doubt that when we talk about uh, PTSD or, or you know post-traumatic stress, it doesn't have to be necessarily hit the point of a disability, but everybody's got a little baggage. And and there are many ways we can deal with it. You know, this equine therapy. Obviously, having a dog is one of the best things. But I tell you, without a doubt, that hunting can be an important part of wellness from those who uh, who who are 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 carrying this this you know carrying some scars, uh, and from from whatever it may be, Uh, not just veterans, but uh, but but. You know, violence in our society is at levels of astonishing levels. I teach about it. Uh, uh, w- w- and and those who, who need to, to, to be healed, uh, hunting is, is a critical part of it and, and a therapeutic dynamic uh, that we can blend in with PTSD. Uh, so I, I tell you, you know, when we talk about our veterans, we talk about wellness. It's one of those, what he got to lose? You know, just just get out there and get involved and get invested and and w- you've seen veterans have and the wellness that can come from that and the chance to to have taken their experience and to, and to be able to digest it and and uh, and put it in a in a positive light through the, through the hunting experience. Uh, but you've got such a neat thing that you're you're doing for people. There, what what would be one of the number one things that we should be asking in prayer for your organization and for hunters. Nationwide, what are the needs out there that you guys are seeing?
2: Man, I think the need is so huge. But yeah, and so I think the hard part is trying to do too much with very limited resources or finances. Because all of us have big hearts, we have big minds, we want to tackle the world and accomplish the world. But the reality is, is we can only control what's within our our grasp and the limited time that each of us have because we, we want to do much and I, I would say for us as an organization I'm sure it's true of everybody is there's few hands doing all the work even though we, yeah. we may be growing and we may be impacting a lot but the reality is and I and I truly believe this with most nonprofits is especially as volunteers is right is we want to do right but we life gets in the way and yeah. and through accountability and, and, and the wanting to do it sometimes We have individuals that don't want to do it. So I would say my biggest need, my biggest prayer is those individuals that want to get involved with whatever organization, if it's CHA or or something that you're involved or another organization, is to give them peace and to give them time to be able to invest, to give back. Because I I do believe when people invest in themselves through giving back and making a difference in the lives of others is when their rewards and their spiritual mindset, their their heart – their, their bodies everything about them changes because they're given back and they're making a difference praise We're, God you know and but the problem is, is we get sucked in and it's it's all yeah. these worries of life that causes Great. all this stuff and they can't have that that freedom that God gives that
1: God yeah. wants us and, to be
2: through and you're
1: doing a, a godly mission and it will come under attack any time that you you're making progress in God's kingdom, the evil one is real. You know, if we believe there's a God, then we got to believe what He tells us, and the evil one is real, and He will come and attack. And you know, we hold your heads up in prayer, but also your tithes and offerings, and but also a lot of people out there that said, you know, I, I, and all of us as we get older, uh, we take a lot more joy in training that next generation of hunters than we do sure. the hunting ourselves. Exactly. And that's a good thing. It's a very positive thing. And out there somewhere, there's a listener saying, you know, I'd like to get involved with teaching, you know, mentoring young men and women out there and, uh, and uh, you know, sitting in the duck blind at the deer stand with them. And and uh, I'd like to get involved with that. And what, a, what a wonderful opportunity this is. You know, it's a place for our tithes and offering. It's a place for our prayers to support you. and and, and But it's also, first and foremost, I, I would have thought of that, volunteers who are who are going to get invested in Christian Hunters of America? And you know, wow, what a what a beautiful thing that that God could do and and can do, and uh, and uh, it so much of it kind of comes back to uh, to understanding the fullness of what hunting's about. in, in our book, you know, uh, on hunting, uh, uh, if if you know hunters who would be interested, you know, the, the, the audio on the audio book. If you ever do audio books, if, if I can mention this about the book, absolutely. We, um, the three authors, and, the, and one of them's a, a Vietnam vet. Uh, he's a Canadian who volunteered for U.S. Special Forces and a Vietnam vet, a combat vet, an amazing guy. Uh, one of them, and they're both there, they're, they, they're up in Canada. They've got this huge resource up there that they do hunting and they do range work and they do shooting work. But anyway, they, uh, Linda Miller and Keith Cunningham and I, we did the audiobook. And the a, a wonderful Christian uh, right here in my little hometown, a wonderful Christian studio. And there's a great guy, uh, Rick Turcott at Flatlander studio was doing the the recording and we were cutting up and we were laughing and we'd fumble something and, uh, and, and, and Rick would be, be, be uh, doing, and uh, we didn't know, but he was doing an outtake reel. I've never done an audio book with an outtake reel. And it's, you know, I I'll just give you one example, you know, one of the, uh, uh 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 the uh linda and keith keith was doing all the headers so you know when keith's voice kicks in it's like the chapter header or the section header and one of the words was procreation and if you've never done this you know day after day you sit there and narrate a book it's so easy to get tongue-tied over the simplest things and the word was procreation and uh and and keith he fumbles the word and his wife procreation and he fumbles the word his wife says procreation and he fumbles it <laughs> the third time and he said you know it's a lot more fun to do than it is to say <laughs> <Dick>. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know if, if you ever did audiobook <laughs> the audiobook for ron hunting you know, is it, a great little book it's got great narration and and there you got the outtake reel and, and all of the great stuff that's in there and, and our personal experiences and thoughts that we you know we went off on a on a tangent, talking about things, and uh, that's and, just it, real life. It'd be great, yeah, yeah, it'd be a great audio book. I think y'all would, we, you're listening to get a kick out of it. Well, brothers, it's been an honor.
0: I really appreciate you.
1: it. Oh, praise God! Appreciate the opportunity to talk about this, and uh, we'll we'll help get the word out on our social media when this gets posted. And uh, it certainly is a place where God's at work, uh, and and and, uh, and we pray that our book can be a part of that endeavor. And, uh, and certainly a place for us to put our tithes and authorings and, and for us to, to even put our volunteer work. People who said, I, I don't have anything to give the Lord. Well, you old hunter out there that can sit on the deer stand and, and be that mentor, uh, you, you've got a lot to give. Absolutely. And here's sure. an organization that needs what you have to give. And, and there's there's young people that don't even know what they're missing out on. And when they get a chance about their hunt, it'll get in there. It'll, you know, it'll just one of the most healthy and beautiful and, and good things we could possibly do. But we need to articulate ourselves. We need to defend ourselves. And I'm so honored that you found that one quote, you know, is that it's the book we think is filled with things like that, where you can be able to to kind of defend who we are and what we do and what we contribute together. And I pray that God will, will bless and watch over uh, your endeavors, my brothers. I sure appreciate that. We appreciate, though. um, with closing,
0: how can they reach out to you? Um, uh, give them one more time on your website, please.
1: And then we'll, we'll have Mikey yeah. close in prayer. All right. Praise God. Uh, your listeners don't know, but we, uh, we opened in prayer before we started and, uh, I've got a checklist every time, you know, I've, I've got a hunting checklist, you know, you don't know, you know, my wife in an RV, you know, we had an RV checklist, what did we do when we head out and head in? but the first thing on my checklist you know for my presentation or teaching or preaching or anything is is pray and the second thing is to check my fly is zipped you know <laughs> so, so <laughs> yeah. you, you listeners we 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 open we sandwich this in prayer we open in prayer uh my website is GrossmanOnTruth.com. the truth on killing the truth on combat the truth on hunting uh, GrossmanOnTruth.com. and uh, and i thank you for for mentioning that
0: Absolutely. We hope everybody reaches out, get on Amazon, get on that website, order up some books. Um, the weather here in Arizona is turning very nice. And hunting season just finished on elk, but deer and several other species. And the, the cool weather will be coming uh, amongst us very shortly. And with uh, with closing, Mikey, please close us out with prayer.
2: Yeah, but real quick though, so it's interesting okay. uh, kind of skimming on your book. Is Second uh, Samuel twenty two forty seven, so it's, it's one of those uh, verses that we don't see very often. But Second Samuel twenty two forty seven, and basically it says, "The Lord lives; praise be to my rock; exalted be my God, the rock, my Savior." So it's yes. interesting that kind of skimming your book, I thought of your book as a rock. So part of what I love about hunting is there are rocks everywhere. And what we know is is Christ is in us and the freedom that He gives and the peace, He is like a rock. And every time we're walking around we see all these beautiful rocks and formations, no matter doesn't matter where we go in the world, there's all these rocks and all it takes is just picking up a, a rock and remembering that God's foundation as our savior, he is our rock, and that this rock was created by him. And that your book on hunting is a rock foundation of a core value of hunting, what God instilled and empowered us to be dominion over. So I just wanted to thank you that that through this, that God actually had a, a small little provision in there about being rocks, and, and I look at this oh. book as a solid rock foundation, so I, I appreciate Praise that. Praise God,
1: so. may it be so. Well, thank
2: you, brother. Praise Absolutely. God. All right, well, pray. Lord God, we just, uh, we love you, Lord, and we're just so thankful that we can uh, come together as as followers of Christ, Lord, that that we may not know everything, Lord, but our hearts and our minds want to find that foundation of, 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 your, of what you've created, Lord, through hunting. And, and you've instilled this, this powerful, powerful want and desire to hunt, Lord. And then to go back and, and be conservationists, Lord, to give back and, and to be good stewards, Lord, and, and to manage the wildlife and all these critters that you've given us dominion over, Lord. And I just ask, Lord, that you would change hearts, minds, and souls all across this world, Lord. Of the power of hunting and what you've instilled Lord and I just ask that you would just protect us, guide us and Lord I also just pray for Israel right now Lord we know that Israel is a foundation Mm -hmm. of of what we stand on and believe in Lord and I just ask that you would just protect Israel and Lord I just ask that you would uh, bless uh, Mr. Dave Lord it was such a powerful message in Jesus name. Praise God. Amen.
1: Amen. Praise God.